Good afternoon, good morning to those tuning in to the show right now, Last Word Productions. Y'all know who I am, Tavares Wilson, host and founder of Last Word Productions. As you all know by now, always get the last word, man. Now, today, excuse me, y'all, we got a lot to talk about, man. I'm over here, got a little snack, man. Started a new alkaline diet. I'm trying to mix that in with, you know, a little bit of protein here and there, like chicken, Stuff like that. So, just trying to incorporate fruit, more fruits, vegetables in my diet. I ate them, but I'm trying to eat them more often now. So, I want to start off in the NBA news because there's a lot to talk about right now. And I want to apologize first and foremost, guys. I haven't been posting or making content for my podcast specifically because, simply put, after my car accident, man, I, I had a lot to, you feel me, endure, do, and just downright take care of, so I apologize for that, but I'm back now, we're going to get back into the episodes, I'm going to start uploading weekly again, we'll be per- posting a Q&A post, Facebook, YouTube, every Monday, so y'all stay tuned for that, you got ask questions you want me to answer, y'all know where to find it, so let's get into it, man, so Let's start off in the big news right now with John Morant, right? For those who do not know, John Morant right now has just literally went under investigation by the league after a a very, let's say vulgar, video of him on live with a firearm in his hands. You know, basically taunting it and, you know, hoisting it and pretty much just flexing with it, you know. And... This is something that is real ironic because John Morant is the same dude who is now under investigation or has been facing like somewhat criticism for being allegedly an assaulter to a teenage boy. And that's a teenage boy who has claimed John Morant and him had a physical altercation, said John Morant put out a firearm on him. And now we see this with him actually having a firearm in a live Instagram live video. So, what does all this mean? What will it lead to for John Morant and how I think this will impact his future? First and foremost, it's already been stated and said, it came out that John Morant will miss the next two games for the Grizzlies. That's that's what it is. Ain't nothing nobody can do about it. It's just, it is what it is. But my thing is, and Shannon Sharp alluded to this on his show on Disputed one time. And basically, he said that John Morant needs to stop being something he's not. He needs to stop trying to be something he's not. And that is a thug, a gangster. Whatever the case may be, shooter, gangbanger, it doesn't matter what you want to call it or terminology you want to use. Since he wants to be hard. And that's not him. Nothing wrong with that. He ain't got to be from the streets. He ain't got to be tough. He ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. Bro, you're a multi-millionaire. At a young age, very young age, you got nothing to prove to not a single soul. Live your life, enjoy your career, get better, go help your team be as successful as you possibly can be with your team. It shouldn't be that simple, but it's not. Reality of the situation is not. A lot of people try to live up to ideals and and uh, expectations of what they believe other people think they should be or how they should act or conduct themselves, how they condone themselves, whatever the case may be. 
Excuse me. And for whatever reason, John Morant, the past, I want to say this past season, and look, some somewhat last season has started to, I want to say, steer his way into a path that doesn't seem to be a very fruitful one for his career, and it may very well cost him a lot of money down the road. And if he's not careful, it may very much so cost him his career, because these aren't just pat on the pat on the shoulder, pat on the head, kind of. Um, Charges or kind of accusations. I mean, if he is found guilty of any of this stuff, he could be looking at jail time, bro. We're talking about assault on a minor, and then you throw in a firearm with that. And now they got evidence that he actually does have a firearm because of the live video. And now the NBA has started a full-blown investigation on John Morant. If they come to find out that story is true and that he's done with this altercation with this young kid the way they said he did, then this isn't going to end well for the young the young superstar or the young star, I should say. Because at the end of the day, he just has too much to lose. And best believe, if he truly did what he did to that young kid, the family, the NBA, will make an example of him. They will. They did it to Kyrie. They gonna do it the job. This is what it is. Fair or unfair. That's what's gonna happen. And it's sad to see because all this stuff is just avoidable by just him making the right choice for him. Like don't don't go out here and feel like you gotta prove anything to anyone. Have nothing to prove to nobody. Live your life how you see fit. Enjoy your career. Enjoy your fans, family. Just enjoy life, bro. Like you, he has too much to lose to be risking it all just for a, repu- a street cred reputation that is insignificant to his career. It doesn't matter in no way, shape, or form. Does it matter? I promise y'all, it don't matter, man. Even if you're from that lifestyle, for real, it doesn't matter. It's certain things that just aren't worth it. You gotta think about the bigger picture. And truth be told, I think the money, the fame, the notoriety, I think all that got to him to the point where he felt untouchable. He feels as if no one can tell him what to do or how to conduct himself, whatever the case may be. And I think that's turning into a downfall for him. And hopefully this doesn't get bigger than it has to be because I would hate to see a young black man lose his career, his livelihood, everything he strived to work towards just because of he wanted to be tough or act tough. Like, I would hate to see that. So, I want to see this dude be successful. I want to see him be great. I want to see him win. I want to see him be all those good things. But he has to make the right choices off the court as well, just like he has to make right choices on the court to do those things. Because at the end of the day, no one is going to make excuses for you. Nobody. Not the reporters, not the analysts, not the people in uh, ESPN, not your teammates. No one's going to make excuses. You're grown, bro. You're grown man. You make your own decisions. You make your own choices. So let's not pretend. Let's not act as if someone needs to come hold his hand. He needs guidance. 
It comes to a point, bro, you got to make the right choices for yourself. No one else can do that but you. And he has to make that choice and decision for himself. But at the end of the day, I think all this will blow over eventually. I think Josh going to reach a settlement with the family. If if that is the case, I think that um, the NBA will maybe suspend him for a couple games. But I don't think Josh is going to be facing any significant, significant, excuse me, real jail time, anything like that. But if it does get more serious than it has already, who knows? I don't think it's likely, but we shall see. You never know what the future holds. With that being said, let's move off into more NBA news, man. Again, like I said, there's a couple of things we can talk about. I want to get off into some Lakers, some Lakers news. First and foremost, LeBron James is out right now with an ankle injury, for those who do not know. He is going to be reevaluating his ankle injury after, I believe, two weeks. So he could possibly be back in the team, could possibly still be in position to make a push for the play-in. I doubt it at this point. This team has battled injuries the past two years. Same thing happened this year, even when they made moves that made this team seem as if they gotten better. It just doesn't seem that this is something that's realistic at this point for them. And I just think that they need they need more they need they need more sustainability. They need to be healthy. And that's hard when your arguably your best player is thirty-eight years old. Cause Father Time's undefeated. It beats everyone. Even the greatest players of all time. As we see now, it's beating LeBron James. So they have to find a way to either limit his minutes or they have to find a way to get someone to replace his production and get the ball out of his hands less. Because they they can't keep expecting this to lead to success, bro. Like, it's not going to happen. You're not going to make the playoffs again doing this. You're not going to be having a successful team doing this. You have to have someone come in and take that off of him. Because at the end of the day, he's no longer 28, 25. He can't do what he used to do. But he can do it from a skill perspective, but it's not sustainable. He can go out maybe a couple games out of the year, give you 38, 10, and 8, whatever the case may be, because he still has that in him. But at the end of the day, it's, you can't expect him to sustain it for months in and weeks in and weeks out. Like, it's, it's, it's a young man's game. That's just what sports is. It's a young man's game. They have to find a way to get that off of him, like that burden or that kind of like, that kind of, uh, I wouldn't say stress, but that kind of demand of him. They need to find a way to get rid of that. And with that being said, the injuries the AD has not helped. I've seen rumors, I've seen people grow the frustrations of AD saying that they need to move on, things of that nature. I don't think they move on from AD, and here's why I don't think they move on from him. At the end of the day, AD does have his injury issues. No one is denying that. He has his injury issues, woes. But 
At the end of the day, AD is their best player. He will be their best player for the next five years, five, six years, whatever the case may be. AD isn't just go- – they're not just going to let AD go because of injury issues. Unless they can get a boatload back for him like how they gave up for him, they're not getting, they're not getting rid of AD, bro. It's not happening. He's too talented, too good, and too important and essential to what they want to build and what they want to do. If they let AD go, it has to be for something significant. Like I'm talking about a, 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 a KD kind of deal where you get hella picks, you get a couple players who can actually play. You're not just guys who are going to be the 10th or 11th guy on the roster. You got to have guys like that in the deal and maybe even a three-way deal with another team. That's the only way I see it happening. But, like I said, you never know in this league. We shall see. I don't. I can't guarantee that they won't move on from AD. I just don't think it's not that likely. But we shall see, man. I, I don't think they move on from AD. And then the rest of the team, Gunjo Russell still battling his ankle injury. Vanderbilt has played well. Malik Beasley's played well. I think Austin Reeves is starting to really grow as a player. Mo Bamba has played well in the minutes he has played. They they have a fundamentally sound team. I just believe they have somewhat of a problem when it comes to sustainability. That's what it comes down to. If they were healthy, I think this team would already be like a seven or eight seed because they could have won these games they lost these past couple this past week. They could have, but that's not the case. Now, with that being said, I want to move off into another team, and that's the Portland Trail Blazers. Specifically, I want to speak on Damian Lillard. As you all know, Damian Lillard this past month, I believe he won player of the month. He averaged 40 points per game in the month. And he had a 71-point outing against the Rockets one night where he just exploded. He could have easily, in my opinion, went for like 82, 85 points, especially after I watched the film of that game. How many times he was taken out the game? He could have went for a lot more points, y'all. I'm just gonna just keep it a stack with you. He could have went for a lot more. But with that being said, we gotta understand something. We gotta relax something. A lot of people got lost in that moment because I started to see people say Damian Lillard is a top ten scorer all time. Damian Lillard is arguably, if not better than Steph Curry. Listen, man, let's get one thing straight. I love Damian Lillard. I think Damian Lillard is... I said this back in high school, back when he hit the game winner against the Rockets in the playoffs. I said that this dude is going to be the next big thing. Like, he's going to be the next big point guard. He's going to be the next, you know, big name star. And he ended up becoming that. The issue with saying he's a top 10 scorer all the time and the issue with saying he's better than someone like Steph Curry is that where is the postseason success for Damian Lillard? Where is the sustainability in the postseason to say that he is up there with these guys? Because if you look around the league history, you got guys like LeBron, Jordan, Kobe, Kareem, Bird, Steph, KD, 
Hell, you can even, excuse me, you can even go to ride a D-Wade, you can go to ride a Shaq, you can go to ride a King, you can go to ride a Kawhi Leonard. It's, it's a lot of guys who give you really good production in the, the uh, regular season, and they actually transcend their games in the postseason to another level. I can't say that about Damian Lillard. And that's why I'm hesitant to say he's a top 10 scorer all time or he's in the same realm of Bar Parker, Steph Curry. Because at the end of the day, when we seen, when we seen Damian Lillard and Steph Curry duke it out, mano y mano, right? Not exactly mano y mano, but when KD was hurt in the Western Conference Finals that year when they met Portland, they got switched. Portland blew double-digit leads in all four games they lost. Damian Lillard played atrocious. I think he shot like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think he shot like 37% from the field. I think he averaged around 22, 23 points a game. He, he literally just played horrendously bad compared to what we are used to seeing from him. And on the other side of the court, Steph Curry played almost absolutely fantastic, near perfect. I mean, he averaged the series, he averaged more than 30 the series. He was short of 47% from the field. He shot significantly better from three in the game. He, he, he was just the better player in that series, and it made all the difference in the world to winning four straight games that they were losing in. If Damian Lillard played half as good as we, we are typically seeing him in that series, they may, they may very well win that series and move on to go to the finals. But that wasn't the case. Damn Little played bad, guys. He played bad. So, I can't sit here and say that a guy is a top 10 or he's better than this guy if the people we are putting him over or putting him in the conversation with has more sustained success when it matters the most. And I like I tell you all the time, that's what matters most to me. What do you do in the big moments? What is your game? What do you look like? Right? And even when you talk about a guy like James Harden, you can't even put him on a guy like James Harden, even though James Harden has had his postseason struggles. I've seen James Harden go out and play good games in the Western Conference Finals. I've seen James Harden help push a Warriors team with a healthy KD to seven. I've seen James Harden be a league MVP. I've seen James Harden lead the league in points per game. I think it was two, three straight years. I've seen him do it. I've seen him have historical runs of 50 plus games or more. I've seen it from James Harden. That's the difference between someone like James Harden and Damian Lillard. His postseason success is somewhat a little better. On top of the fact, his regular season success is even better than that of what Damian Lillard has posted. At the end of the day, man, Damian Lillard is one hell of a player, very talented, one of the best shooters this game has ever seen. But at the end of the day, man, I, I can't sit here and say with confidence or be truthful and believe he's a top 10 scorer all time. It just doesn't, it just is disrespectful of my opinion to those who have sustained greatness throughout their careers when it mattered the most, when he hasn't. I just think it's a little bit 
this thing is a little bit like disrespectful, like I said. But anyway, at the end of the day, I think Damian Lillard is a great player. Man. I ain't got no problem with people, you know, having Damian Lillard back the way they have his back. I just believe he. I I, I just don't believe he's a top ten scorer all time. But anyway, let's go into some NFL news, man. I want to talk about the combine and some things that some people have done. Uh, so let's let's start off with Bryce Young. You know, we all know Bryce Young, potentially a number one pick coming this draft. He possibly may, very well may be arguably the best player in the draft in terms of his production and skill. But Bryce Young had measurements at the combine, guys. Listen, again, I like Bryce Young. Very good player. Ladies and gentlemen, Bryce Young is 5'10", 204 pounds. Now, listen, I'm not a guy that judges people off of their size. Because at the end of the day, if you can play football, you can play football. That's how I feel about it. But we can't ignore this fact. The fact is, Bryce Young is going to go to a bad team. He is. He's going to go to a bad team and... Nine out of ten times, being the fact that he's going to go to a bad team, that means he's going to be behind a bad offensive line. I am a bit concerned for his health. Why I'm concerned for his health? Because I don't know how many NFL-level hits he can take. Not saying that he's going to have a short-lived career. Not saying that he's going to be a bust. I just don't know, and I'm not sure if he's going to be able to sustain the level of physicality the NFL has over college. So, with that being said, if I'm the team like the Texans, if I'm the team like the Panthers, who's in the market, who is aggressively trying to get a quarterback for the future, I have to make sure my team offensive line is intact. Because if I'm going to invest in him, I need to make sure our old line is as good as it possibly can be to protect him. Because I don't want him to get hit at all. As little to none at all in any game. I need him upright every possession, every down, every snap. That's what the goal needs to be for someone of Bryce Young's size and caliber. Like you, you, you see this argument with Kyler Murray, you see him with Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Tua. Like it's been multiple quarterbacks who you they've said that need a little more protection than others because they simply just don't have the body structure to sustain and take on those hits consistently. They just don't. I mean, that's no disrespect to any of those guys, but it's just the truth. It is what it is. Like, they're not 6'5", 6'6", 6'4", 230, 240. They're not built to take damage as much as those guys are. Like, the Justin Herberts or Josh Allens of the world. They, They can't do it. But long story short, Bryce Young, I still think he's going to be a terrific player. I just have to, I just have to wish and see and hope he goes to a team that actually builds a sustainable offensive line around him, man. Because I would hate to see his career cut short because a team failed to put that around him. In other news, we're going to get off into some more combine stuff and things that happen. So. Michigan's DJ turned to the second. He actually ran a 4-2-6 at the combine. 
He is a DB. He's out of, like I said, he's out of Michigan. A lot of guys have had insane combines, man. I mean, it was a D tackle out of Pittsburgh. I forgot his name. Literally ran a four six seven. Then you had an edge rusher that had like a forty two vertical, ran a four three seven forty, and had like a ten eight broad jump. I mean, bro, we talking about people that were made in labs at this point, bro. I'm talking about this is like bad. Like I'm not not bad in like a horrible way, but it's like bad in like it's mad impressive way. Like it's crazy to me, man. So NFL draft coming up, man. I'm excited. I want to see what my team can do. I'm excited to see what other teams do. And speaking of NFL draft, as we all know, as we all have seen, the Chicago Bears are actually open to moving on from their first overall draft pick. And the question is, who do we believe should make the move for that overall first draft pick? Now, if you're asking me, now, if you're asking me who I think should move up, I think the most logical answer for me, I think, is the Texans. But I would not be shocked if the Raiders moved up and got one of these two quarterbacks and CJ Stroud to Bryce Young. And here's why. As the Raiders stands right now, they have a team that can compete right now. They do. They have. You got good receivers. Josh Jacobs is reportedly they're going to franchise him, so he's going to come back for another year at least. You got a good tight end. I think the O-line is solid. You know, you got a defense that could use some work, but you got pieces there that are good. Like, even if Chandler Jones is up there in age, it's still respectable. Max Crosby is one of the better pass rushers in our league. And on top of the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, top of the fact, I think Corey Littleton is one of the more underappreciated linebackers in our league. So, you got guys who can play. You just need the quarterback. They go get the quarterback. I think this team can compete, bro. I think they can compete now. Like, I, I don't doubt that. I mean, I think the defense still going to need modifications, still need work. But that's the, they can get that in the offseason. So if I had to guess, if I could see any team making the biggest push, it would be the Texans. But don't be surprised if the Raiders get in their conversation, actually work it out. Like, don't be surprised at all. Anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me go ahead and get into the fan Q&A, man, where we answer fans' questions. You all know that. Let me go ahead and pull it up. Uh, excuse me, y'all. I got to find the, gotta find the post. All right, here we go. This first question comes from Van Velsen. How serious are teams on Anthony Richardson at quarterback? I think they're very serious for two reasons. One, there's no denying his talent. Even if he's not the best quarterback in his draft, he may very well be the most talented quarterback in the draft. Arm strength is phenomenal. Athleticism is top tier. Big, strong body. Really, really has all the tools to be great. It's just the mental aspect of the game and reading the defense he has to improve upon because he's still learning the position. If he goes to a situation where they have good coaching, they put a game plan in for him to succeed and get comfortable and grow into the role of the quarterback, the man could be literally what Josh Allen was. A dude who had plenty of talent, wasn't quite clicking early, but after a good two, three years, you got him a one, boom. 
be that much better, I promise you. I think teams are very much saved by Anthony Richardson. They should be. Like I said, he's extremely talented. And this next question comes from Matt Jones. Is Dame a top 10 scorer in NBA history? Give me a 10 with him in or out of it. Well, I spoke about that earlier, my boy. Just uh, go back and listen to that. But the 10 I named, I think I named, uh, I know I named LeBron, I know I named Kobe, Jordan, Kareem. I know I named Shaq. I know I named D-Wade. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know I named Steph. I know I named Bird. Uh, I, can, I can make arguments for Keem. I can make arguments for the likes of someone like James Harden. You can make arguments for someone the likes of uh, even Carmelo to an extent. Like it's, it's, it's dudes you can make the arguments for to be better scores than Damian Lillard. Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback, your opinions on the best team for him and where he should be drafted as far as rounding. That question came from Mason Moon. The team I believe that should draft Anthony Richardson, I believe that there's two teams that come to mind. First team that comes to mind for me personally is the Colts. I think the Colts, they have everything in place right now for a young quarterback to come in and grow into a role. They have a, 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 a they have a situation that head coach and the offensive line, the offensive line, but the OC where they can bring in guys to complement this dude's game and help him grow into the player he could become. And the other role for me is honestly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kyle Trask uh, is supposed to be their starter this coming season. And they need someone who can be young and actually grow and give them a chance to still be successful. They still have a good franchise. They still have a good team. The issue is, do I believe Todd Bowles to be that for him? And I don't. That is the issue. I believe Todd Bowles, if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe he got fired. I could be wrong about that. But that's my issue. Those two teams, I can see them making a move for him, though. I do think the Colts is his best situation, for sure. If not, I would say the Lions is a dark horse as well. But those two, to me, those are his best situations. But that's all I got for you guys today. Thank y'all for tuning in to the show. Appreciate y'all for tuning in once again. Again, I am back. I will start uploading content once again. So y'all tune in. Be on the lookout every Monday. I will be uploading the q and I start uploading every episode on Thursdays. So y'all keep a lookout for that. Follow me on all my social platforms. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Last Word Productions. I promise you can find me under that same name anywhere. See y'all in the next one, man.